It's time for Nicole Sandler's What's News from NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. Well, that was fast. Jurors returned guilty verdicts on all four charges in the murder trial of Alex Murdoch less than three hours after closing arguments ended. Prosecutors had argued that Murdoch murdered his wife and son to hide his theft of millions of dollars from clients. Though I'm still not sure why this case merited wall-to-wall coverage on cable news, the trial officially adjourned Friday morning after Murdoch was sentenced to consecutive life sentences. One juror saying they were all on the same page after just 45 minutes of deliberation. Moving on. More troubles for the former guy. The Justice Department on Thursday saying that he can be sued by Democratic lawmakers and by Capitol Police officers who were injured in the January 6th attack on the Capitol. This assertion came in response to a case testing Trump's potential legal liability for the insurrection, all due to a speech he gave at a rally before the riot. The DOJ saying in papers, no part of a president's official responsibilities includes the incitement of imminent private violence. True. The Justice Department didn't take a position on the lawsuit's allegation that Trump did incite the attack. Rolling Stone magazine out with a new report about Jim Jordan's House Judiciary Subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government and its subsequent failure to uncover, well, anything, really. Jordan opened the first hearing vowing that he'd heard from, quote, dozens and dozens of whistleblowers about the political nature at the Justice Department. But so far, Republicans have brought only three of those whistleblowers to Capitol Hill for questioning. Unimpressive was one description, while another Democrat on the subcommittee called it a, quote, dumpster fire. The three witnesses so far reportedly offered contradictory responses, maintained fringe and violent online presences that undermine their credibility, and most importantly, failed to demonstrate any firsthand knowledge of alleged FBI wrongdoing. The most recent interviews by this subcommittee were held in mid-February, and there's nothing on its schedule as of now. The House Ethics Committee, though, on Thursday announced it would proceed with an investigation into George Santos, the congressman from New York who faces calls to resign for lying about his background to get elected. The committee said Santos might have failed to properly disclose required information on statements filed with the House, violated federal conflict of interest laws in connection with his role in a firm providing fiduciary services, and or engaged in sexual misconduct toward an individual seeking employment in his congressional office. Wow. Santos has said he is, quote, not concerned about an ethics inquiry. Disturbing news out of Michigan, where the state's attorney general, Dana Nessel, said that she'd been targeted by a, quote, heavily armed individual who the FBI arrested in February for allegedly threatening to kill Jewish members of Michigan state government. Just a sign of the times, I guess. Well, controversy in D.C., despite previously expressing opposition and reiterating his support for D.C. statehood, President Joe Biden on Thursday tweeted that he will sign a Republican-led resolution that would block Washington, D.C.'s major revision of its criminal sentencing laws if it passes the Senate. D.C.'s revised criminal code of 2022 drastically changes how criminal acts are defined and sentenced in the district, including for some violent crimes like carjacking. Biden's decision not to intervene has disappointed progressives in Congress, but delighted some so-called moderate Democrats 
like Joe Manchin, who said he began clapping with joy at the news. Seriously. And I picked up this incredible tidbit yesterday. Senator Joe Manchin reportedly telling those who ask that he has not yet ruled out his own bid for the presidency in 2024. Just let that sit here for a moment. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov met Thursday on the sidelines of a G20 summit in India. It was their first face-to-face contact since Russia invaded Ukraine just over a year ago. Russian news agencies said the two diplomats talked on the move for less than 10 minutes. Blinken said afterwards that he urged Moscow to end the war and reverse its suspension of the New START nuclear non-proliferation agreement. Blinken said he told Lavrov, quote, that no matter what else is happening in the world or in our relationship, the U.S. will always be ready to engage and act on strategic arms control, just as the United States and the Soviet Union did even at the height of the Cold War. One more reason not to visit Tennessee, their governor, Bill Lee, on Thursday signed into law two bills targeting the LGBTQ community. One of them makes Tennessee the first state to explicitly target drag shows, banning them in public or where they can be seen by children. The other law bans gender-affirming health care for transgender children. Lee signed both measures without any public comment. The ACLU plans to sue over the health law, which bans medications such as puberty blockers and hormone treatments for Tennessee children who identify as transgender and non-binary. Surgeries, which were already rare in the state, are also banned. The ACLU saying the legislation discriminates against transgender youth. You think? From our Florida fascist files, a Republican state senator actually introduced a bill that, if passed, would require bloggers who write about Governor Ron DeSantis, his cabinet, or state legislators to register with the state. Seriously. Senator Jason Broder's bill, titled Information Dissemination, would also require bloggers to disclose who's paying them for their posts about certain elected officials and how much. Wow. Failure to register would result in a fine of $25 a day, and the penalty would be capped at $2,500 per posting. It also says, by the way, the bill defines as a blog, a website or webpage that hosts any blogger and is frequently updated with opinion, commentary, or business content. But it says the term does not include the website of a newspaper or other similar publication. So just to reiterate, they want bloggers who write about the governor to have to register. But if you want to carry a gun, no need to register that. And you wonder why I call Florida fascist? There you go. And finally, sad news today. Pentagon Papers whistleblower Daniel Ellsberg posted a statement online that reads, Dear friends and supporters, I have difficult news to impart. On February 17th, without much warning, I was diagnosed with inoperable pancreatic cancer on the basis of a CT scan and an MRI. As is usual with pancreatic cancer, which has no early symptoms, it was found while looking for something else relatively minor. I'm sorry to report to you that my doctors have given me three to six months to live. Of course, they emphasize that everyone's case is individual. It might be more or less. Ellsberg continued, I've chosen not to do chemotherapy, 
which offers no promise, and I have assurance of great hospice care when needed. Please know, right now, I'm not in any physical pain, and in fact, after my hip replacement surgery in late 2021, I feel better physically than I have in years. Moreover, my cardiologist has given me license to abandon my salt-free diet of the last six years. This has improved my quality of life dramatically, the pleasure of eating my former favorite foods, and my energy level is high. Daniel Ellsberg, choosing quality of life, as should we all. And that's just a bit of what's news for now. I'm Nicole Sandler. If you appreciate these reports on The Nicole Sandler Show, I hope you'll consider making a contribution. My work is listener-supported, and I can't do it without your help. Find out more at NicoleSandler.com, and please click on that donate button. 